Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Erica Kastner. Erica, welcome back to the show. Well, hello, Henry. I'm super stoked to be here today. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this. And um, what we're going to talk about is if, if you... Um, uh, or the question rather, I got stuck there a little bit. Uh, the question is, how do we effectively develop or grow a business network? And when Erica was on the show back in episode 25, we talked about this, but it's such an important topic. And she's obviously developed her perspective and her programs on it. And so it was important to have her back. Uh, but in particular, during these challenging times when there are currently limited or no in-person opportunities to network, to meet other people, to generate leads or contacts in that way. Uh, how do we do that? So Erica's with me today to help us build our know, like, and trust factor. You, you probably have heard of those terms. Erica is expert on how to develop a know, like, and trust factor, uh, especially with our current circle of influence and beyond that. Even if you don't have a single networking event that you can attend in person anytime soon, these techniques, these tips, these approaches are very useful. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes page and to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So let me tell you a little bit more about Erica. Erica Kastner is a business owner, a brand strategist, a podcast host, and a community builder. She helps businesses, business owners rather, and leaders elevate their impact and influence with their ideal clients and team. For over two decades, Erica Kastner has helped visionary leaders increase their influence and impact to be more productive and powerful in their work. She's the founder of Kastner Consulting and Coaching, where she provides branding and marketing strategies through programs like the Expand Your Brand Bootcamp, and expand your sales accelerator. Erica recently launched the Love the Work You Do podcast and has been featured as a guest and contributor to over 200 podcasts, articles, and conferences, including USA Today, Thrive Global, ABC, CBS, the, New, the News Press Media Group, and the Huffington Post. She and her husband, Ed, have been married since 2013 and are currently trading for their first Ironman event. Has that happened yet? No, not yet. Okay. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's coming up. Uh, Erica, like I said, has been with us previously. She was one of my first guests back on episode 25. We talked about business networking there, and we also talked about her entrepreneurial journey. And I released that back in July of 2016, so I'm excited to have her back on. She still lives in the Fort Myers, Florida area. So once again, Erica Kastner, welcome back to the show. Again, Henry, I'm soaked to have this conversation today. So we are fired up. I'm sure there's a lot of really good nuggets and awesomeness that we're going to be talking about today as it relates to know, like, and trust factor for your audience today. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're exactly right. It's a conversation. I was, I was going to say, I didn't get a chance before we started recording, you know, I've been listening to your, your podcast. And one of the things I love about it is you're so, you're so vulnerable and transparent in your show. And so you're exactly the kind of person that's great to have on my show to have a conversation because I think you share it all. And that's, that's yeah. a, a unique, nowadays it can be a unique thing. So I really appreciate that about your show. Why, thank you. Thank you so much. 
Okay, so in the first episode, even though it's been a couple of years, we talked about the entrepreneurial journey. So we're not necessarily going to redo all of that. But for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, give us the brief summary. How, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I'm a former employee turned CEO of a global personal brand development company, which sounds crazy to me sometimes when I say that out loud. But essentially for over two decades, I have been working with nationally recognized brands to help them position their products and services in front of their ideal clients. But in 2015, I took that bold leap of faith into starting my own business. And there have been a lot of twists and turns along the way, especially a lot since 2016, since we left. Chatted, and I'm sure plenty of those lessons today are going to come up in our conversation today. I'm super grateful that we're going to get to chat about those today. Yeah. So, what are some of those things that have changed since we last spoke, especially in your business? Uh, what has evolved? What, what's uh, certainly the the new podcast? Love the work you do, but what else has evolved yeah. or changed? Yeah, the new podcast. Uh, my my team has gone from two people to now it'll be soon five people, which is pretty significant, um, which is pretty awesome, pretty exciting stuff. And it's an international team. We actually have a person outside of the U.S. that is on the team. So very exciting stuff. Um, but I've also partnered with a number of organizations to help develop their outreach. So it, collectively, it's what's ended up happening was it it, it helped expand their reach, but then also it gave me a little more leverage within the, some of the things that I'm working on with some of my programs and podcasts. And then, as you mentioned in my bio, Ed and I are training for our Ironman. So in mm -hmm. addition to trying to navigate COVID, we have been trying to uh, work on that goal. So it's been pretty exciting. And that was something that back in 2016, Henry, oh my goodness, I never thought I would ever be thinking <laughs> about Ironman. <laughs> That was far from my uh, my list of goals and ambitions, but here we are talking about me doing Ironman. Yeah, that's that's another example of the things that you're very transparent apart. You you have been challenged with with health uh, issues, uh, not necessarily a bad way, but 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 getting in the shape that you're in now yeah. that wasn't an easy journey, right? No, none at all. None at all. And you know, it's funny, Henry, and I'll, I'll say this, this wasn't necessarily something I was going to share today, but I'm, I'm happy to share it. Um, one of the reasons why I launched the new podcast back in 2019 was I actually took a break. So you and I last chatted, I was getting ready to, in fact, I was already, I had already launched uh, the power of the Power Factor Biz Chat podcast. And um, mm -hmm. right after we spoke, Henry, I actually had one of those life-defining health moments that really got my attitude around, you know, got me into the attitude of thinking about my health differently um, because it, it, got, it got me in the hospital. I ended wow. up shutting down the podcast. We won't go into the depth of that story today. I'm healthy today. It's all good today, but it was, it was a pretty challenging moment, uh, 2016, 2017. And thankfully I'm through that, but yeah, we're on the other side of that today. And of course, telling those stories, it's so important to share those as we are going through this entrepreneurial journey, because it's all part of the process. Agreed. Agreed. And, 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 and if, you know, there's only so much we can do about our genes, but we can do a lot about staying healthy and yeah. people, I think we lose sight, especially as business owners, because we get so deep into the work that it consumes us and we sometimes can lose sight of how important our health is to give us the energy to do the stuff that we're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm just curious, you have a team of five now. Is it a virtual team or are they employees? I'm always curious as to how you've built that team. 
Yeah, so they are all virtual again, thanks to COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and, and they were anyway. So I have actually uh, one full timer, and then the other three, well, soon to be three. Uh, I have two currently that are part time, and I'll be adding an additional part time person to the team. Um, I actually have another person that's a little more on the flex side. So they sometimes, depending on the workload that we have here, the projects and the things that we're doing on a promotional side, they might flex up to to full-time hours, but yeah, we've got a great team. And like I said, it's, um, it, it's been a, an interesting, that's probably another topic for another day yeah, <laughs> in terms yeah. of developing your team. Right. But right. it has been a labor of love and I'm excited of the, um, awesomeness that we've been able to create with the culture within the company, even though it's virtual. Yeah, that's great. No, definitely. I have to have you come back and talk about that, but let's dive into it. I'd like, I thought that where we would start Erica would be with, your definition of what you mean by no like and trust factor. Okay. So I always equate to developing meaningful no like and trust factor based on the consistent way of you as a business owner or as a leader adding value to your audience. So if you're not doing that on a consistent, consistent basis, meaning that you're not showing up and doing something like a podcast, you know, Henry and I are on this chat today and we are instinctively adding additional no like, and trust factor to other people's audiences. He's doing that for my audience. I'm doing that for his audience. Hopefully I'm doing that for his audience today, <laughs> but it's providing a consistent way to do that. Not just you know, when you, when you feel like it, but doing that, whether it's weekly, whether it's daily, some people don't necessarily want to do that daily, but just being able to be on some level visible and in front of your audience, providing some sort of meaningful information to help them take it to the next level, whatever they want to do. Like maybe it's just the next step um, in whatever you do respectively with your product or service, but making sure that you're showing up in a way that's going to add value and help you get noticed, but also uh, boost the impact that you're trying to make with your brand. And you talk a lot about also doing that without being salesy, pushy, needy. We'll get more into the details of that, but, but it's without that cringe factor, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know if we want to dive into that part of it right now, Harry, Henry, do we? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, All right, perfect. Okay. So I think the way that to avoid that creepy factor, right? That, that cringe worthy, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this person's seeming a little needy right now. And I think that that's a, that's a important factor to keep in mind because a lot of people don't want to seem like they're being salesy or needy. And one of the ways to build no like, and trust factor without sounding like you need that, that conversation to happen in order to make a sale is to be in that state of asking this one question. And if you can write this down and make this a part of your vocabulary, every time you entertain a conversation with somebody, it will certainly help build your no like, and trust factor without sounding pushy or needy. And that question is, how can I support you at the moment? So I'll say it again. How can I support you at the moment? Because it's going to help somebody think that question through. And most people will be stunned that you even ask that question. Um, and if they do like think to ask, you know, to answer that question in a thoughtful way, it's going to give you more information to help know how to help them. So it's going to give you your next best clue uh, to really go out there and say, okay, well, this person 
needs the support in this area. Now I have a circle mm. of influence. I have a network. I have some sort of resources that I can either connect them with or point them in the right direction with. So if you just get really good at asking that question and you don't always have to ask that question right up front, but if you somewhere weave that question into any sales conversation, any collaboration com co uh, conversation, even Henry on this on this show, I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure at some point <laughs> in our conversation today, whether it's on air or whether it's off offline, you know, when we're when we're wrapping up and, and doing our post chat, I'm sure that conversation will come out or that that, that question will come out. How can I support you at the moment? Right, so right. just get really good at that. Yeah, it's so powerful. I'll tell you, as, as you were sharing it again, obviously I've heard this from you before because I listened to your podcast and, and other materials. It, it's, um, I immediately what I think of is when it's been asked of me, I can tell you that my reaction has been because it, it doesn't happen very often. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's first of all, like you said, it's kind of like it makes me pause because I, because I question the honesty of it. If it's when somebody I don't know We'll get back to breaking the no like and trust factor, but at a minimum, it makes me think. Like I remember that I I could probably tell you the three or four people that like after interviewing them or after having whatever business transaction they've asked me that question, and it's disarming. It what it does is it it makes me realize that I'm I'm uh, defensive and always looking for what's what's your motive here, <laughs> but but it's amazing how it stays with me and and I think the key thing here that maybe leads to trust I want to get your thoughts on, is that you as a person consistently ask that question. In other words, when I get to know Erica, I know that that's what she will ask a lot of times, not just one time. Is that fair? Correct. Yeah. And I think if you are in that habit of doing it all the time, even if somebody doesn't, even if you meet somebody for the first time, and again, that's why I preface, don't necessarily meet somebody for the first time. And that's the first question you ask them going right. in that conversation, ask them a few other questions to get to know them, get to right? know them, build a little bit of uh, <laughs> like and trust. And then you would ask that question. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then, you know, then you, you end the conversation with, okay, well, you know, how else can I support you? What was something else that we didn't get a chance to discuss that would be helpful for me to know as I'm yeah. looking for, you know, like there's lots of ways to spend that. There's lots of ways, yeah. But I guess, I guess to getting back to your point, Henry, I, th I think that people, um, and I love how you brought up the fact that this is something that you've heard me say before, right? And you're, you've listened to my podcast and you've heard me say this before. So this isn't a foreign thing. And this is actually brings up another excellent point about no like and trust factor. People have to sometimes on some level see or touch or experience your brand, your interactions, at least seven to 12 times before they're going to even entertain the thought of whatever that next step is for you. Yeah. So don't automatically assume um, closing the deal with somebody you meet for the first time on your product or service, they haven't had an opportunity to connect with you seven to 12 times prior to that, that conversation, or maybe they have, but you know, there's just lots of ways to, to really just um, take a pause, but ask those, that, that one question, how can I support you? And, 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 and let that guide you on what you need to do next with that person. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. If I'm, if I'm getting it right, if I break down the no, like, and trust, no to me seems to be relatively speaking, the easiest of the three. In other words, I've got to put myself out there. There's many ways yeah. it you know, could be a podcast, could be speaking opportunities. In fact, you'll, you'll talk about that, a tool that you have for that in a moment, uh, networking, whatever your way of getting people to know you. 
that's I say that's the easiest part because you could do that uh, very easily and it may not be a good way of getting people to know you, but you can certainly make a splash, right? <laughs> right. The like, I, I want to get your thoughts on the like because it seems like that's where a lot of people uh, hold back because a lot of that is about possibly being rejected. And the way that I've looked at it, I want to get your thoughts, Erica, is that what, what really crystallized for me some time back is I'm not trying to get the whole world to like me as far as my business is concerned, let's say, I'm looking for my group, my tribe. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. You know, I was actually listening to another podcast the other day about this and I'm going to botch up the the actual like episode of the show, but you, Henry, you ever listened to, it's kind of a tongue and cheek. it's kind of a very cheeky title, but it's called screw the nine to five. <laughs> Have you heard that podcast? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was just more recently that uh, this episode, Jill was actually interviewing a woman by the name of Susan Moore and her whole topic was about this very thing about getting people to like you and how it's okay to for people not to like you because as a business owner especially if you're minding the bottom line which at the end of the day that's what we're all doing this for mm -hmm. right i mean we are we are running our businesses for other motivational factors but we are running a business we have to have it profitable and if we are so focused on everybody liking us it really doesn't give us a lot of time to serve our most ideal clients in the most ideal way. And so if we can just say, you know what, I, I need to stay in my lane. I mean, there's certainly other ways to collaborate and partner with people that are going to get you in front of your ideal customer. But if you're not staying true to yourself, and I know that's kind of a very vague statement to say, but if you're not tapped into your own core values and you're not understanding what you stand for, it's going to be very hard for other people to jump on, on your bus yeah. <laughs> and get behind liking you for what you are because you're trying to serve too many, you know, too many um, if people with the platter you've got. And, you know, we really need to be in a place where we understand our core values in order to align with the people that are going to get us and refer us and, you know, collaborate with us on, on that bigger impactful level. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And, and then the, the trust factor, Erica, the way I look at it, especially if we tie it to your, you know, that question of how can I support you at the moment? To me, one way to explain it is, when you asked me that question, are you, are you sincere? Do you actually follow through? I said, you know what? I could help. I could use your help connecting with, you know, let's, let's say if it's Josh Stanton of, of screw the nine to five podcast, uh, who, who was on my show, by the way, which is he's great interview. Um, so do you, do you follow or at least make an effort or was it just something you said? Right. I think that that trust is about actually following through mm -hmm. consistently and being dependable. What are your thoughts there? Heck yes. All day, every day. I mean, because if you're just saying it and then there's no action behind what you're saying, then people, I mean, it's one thing to let something slip through the cracks because we're all human, right? But if we're consistently building that reputation of saying, oh, how can I support you? And then, you know, those people do mention to you how you can support them and you're not following through that will come back to bite you too. So one of the things that I always, especially if I'm the type of person that <laughs> I used to get into a lot of trouble with this, I used to um, take on more than I could chew. And sometimes I would work all hours of the night to get that done because my reputation on following through was so important. Yeah. And now what I've done is I look at what, what the ask is in front of me. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still asking that question. How can I support you? But then I'm very honest with that person and saying, you know what, that's a good request. 
However, I'm, I'm not equipped to answer that at the moment, but I will keep it top of mind. Or I know somebody that I just had a conversation with the other day that would be the perfect fit for you to talk to. Can I connect you with them? But I'm not going to do that until the end of the week because that's when I do that. So I'm just more clear about I'm not going to do that myself. I mean, I, I, I don't have the bandwidth to do that myself. So I think one of the luxuries of building no like and trust factor in the way that I've done it over, especially the last 15 years that I've really focused in on these, these activities, is just you're asking that question and then you're building an ecosystem of people that can be that you can tap into as a resource. So leverage that, let, (laughs) let those people in your network carry you. Don't feel like you have to, because you asked the question um, that you have to follow through and seek follow through in a way that, that you have to do it, follow through, get that person, the answer. If you're going to ask the question, how can I support you by good, my goodness, definitely follow through and get them the support they need, but don't necessarily take on the responsibility of saying, oh yeah, I can do that when you know you can't. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That's such a great qualifier and and clarifier because I think I can see where that becomes a thing where you think, okay, I'm just supposed to try to solve every problem for everybody. And that just, Mm -mm. that actually ends up then undermining your trust because it's impossible for you to be able to do that. For sure, for sure. And it doesn't empower people in your network either. I think that, again, I have, I've been very fortunate that I have a wide network and it doesn't empower those people in my network who could support the person that's in front of me asking mm-hmm. that request. So it's just providing an extra layer of value because if, if, if I'm connecting another person in my network with somebody else in my network, now I've just created another opportunity for, um, for value there yeah. by doing that. This is Henry Lopez briefly interrupting this episode to invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you are experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching session, just visit thehowofbusiness.com or simply text the word bizcoach, that's B-I-Z coach, to 31996. All right. So, so we've been talking about no like, and trust factor, which is again, how we connect with people so that we can help each other. I wanted to shift then now to kind of some of the ways that you get in front of those influencers and we'll adjust it obviously here to some extent with what we're dealing with currently and not being able to meet face-to-face necessarily. You have a great download that I picked a few questions off of on your site called eight ideas to keep you top of mind in the eyes of referral partners and prospects. So the, the, the first one on there, you talk a lot about, and I think is related to what we were just discussing, <laughs> which is to be of service. Uh, so, so tell me what you mean by that. And of course we've touched on some of it already, but let's, let's talk about it from that perspective, as far as getting in front of influencers by being of service. Yeah. So thank you for that. So, um, you know, definitely asking how you can support people is certainly one question. Another way is just to ask questions in general, to get to the root 
of what people truly want and then guide them towards their next best step. And Henry, if I could share a story to kind of make this um, relatable to our audience, it, is that okay if I share? Absolutely, story? yes. Okay, so this goes back probably about four years ago and a client of mine was coming to me and she was a leader of a nonprofit, wasn't the head honcho leader, but she was a significant leader with a nonprofit organization. And one of her ambitious goals was to personally raise a million dollars or be responsible for bringing in a million dollars worth of financial donations to this nonprofit organization. And her biggest challenge was that she had felt like she was maxing her current donors out and she couldn't get more. Like she's like, I don't have time to go out there and get in front of more people. And I'm already maxing out the ones that I have. So her and I basically came up with a game plan together that helped her get in front of her existing donors by spelling out the vision of what she wanted to, to accomplish with this goal. And then asking them for wisdom for brainstorm for you know like the, the, the like what is it about you know like what how can I do this how you know what are your thoughts on this like what what would you do if you were in my shoes asking those kinds of questions without asking them for a dime Henry you know what happened when she did that because we we pulled her 10 I mean I didn't do this for her but this is a, one of our strategies was I was like look at your top 25 donors and just make it a point to get on their calendar and ask them to help you brainstorm how you're going to do this. And there were like 23 that got back with her. Two of them were out of the country and weren't going to be able to meet her in our time frame, right? But 23 of them got back together. And some people listening to this right now would be like, oh my gosh, she had to hop on the phone and have 23 conversations. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. Because in that 23, in those 23 conversations, she was able to get some additional insights, some additional ideas. Basically, they were phoning her, their friends to get on board with this mission. And she was able to tackle that $1 million raise in like a third of the time that she had thought it was going to happen, all because she made it about them and not about her. So the whole tiniest to the being of service, uh, I'm still not quite completely following, <laughs> um, is it that, that they were then inspired to be of service to this cause? Well, she did, again, being of service, meaning that she didn't make it about her. She made it about the overall mission. In service of she, that mission. In service of that mission, but then also on a deeper level, didn't talk about it from a place of getting others, like asking others to open up their wallet again. She asked them questions in terms of like, hey, what do you think about this? How could I go about doing this? What is it that you need help with right now? What are, I mean, like there's so it was all of these fact-finding things and it was really about getting into the, to the depths of what her donors wanted versus, and her donors are all like, I mean, I saw the list of donors, so I knew who they were. And yeah. I'm like, these are all like people that are very visionary. They love to um, explore, they're creative. And so I think if we could tap into that. And so it, again, it kind of ties back to knowing your audience too, right? On some level, we touched on that in earlier in our conversation, just under, understanding um, her market and her audience and playing into, well, what motivates them? What excites them? And how can we play into those, um, 
you know, what, what, what fires them up to get the job done. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot in there and, and, you know, in, in that soundbite, but it, it's about asking those questions to really dig deeper. And if that means getting people to brainstorm with you, inviting them to the collaboration process, especially if you know they're all about collaboration, then do it. If you need to ask some questions because you need to find out what, what is going to help them achieve their goals, ask those questions too, so you can get the ultimate job done. And, and in this case, it was her raising the significant amount of money for her nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. That's great stuff. I, and I think, you know, that approach, it could be about raising money. Like you shared in the story, it could be about how you get somebody to, to buy your service or product, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but you turned it in that case, she turned it into tapping into that desire that most people have, especially that type of people that she was contacting to be, to collaborate, to be of service, yeah. to help solve a common problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she tapped into that. All right. The other, the other one that stood out from the, that list for me that I wanted to chat about is number four, which is align with strategic partners. And I thought that was different. And, and I wanted to understand mm -hmm. what you meant by that a little bit more. Yeah. So for our listeners today, you have about three to five industries. If you're a business owner, <laughs> and you're listening to this, hopefully you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a leader, you probably have somewhere in your, um, in the back of your mind that there are logically three to five industries who are already talking to your ideal client. Mm -hmm. So for instance, my husband, he's in the insurance space. He's actually in the sports and entertainment insurance space. So he, he works with a lot of athletes, entertainers, and ultra high net worth insurers or stuff like the boats, the cars, the, you know, the houses mm -hmm. and so on. But his primary focus is he's not going onto the basketball court. Well, right now he's not because the basketball course, you know, they're in the bubble. <laughs> As we're recording this, they just did the NBA draft. So um, that was, that was on my television last night, but my husband's like, okay, that is sports research. I'm like, okay, honey, no, you just want to watch the <laughs> NBA draft. Let's be real. That's right. <laughs> but, um, but, but getting back on track here with this, he is not writing, you know, going on the court and writing the high profile basketball players. He's working with their agents. He's working with their attorneys. He's working with um, their business managers. So think about the, the three to five industries that are already talking to your ideal client, form relationships with them, align with them, find out how you, the, 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 you, know, you can partner and share referral sources. And again, you're going to have to build some equity into that yep. relationship before you get earn the right to get those referrals. But stop looking to people to get business, start looking through, meaning start building those collaborations with people that are already ch chatting with your ideal client, because that's where, you know, people are going to say, oh, you know what, I, I actually, yeah, based on this conversation we're having today, I actually have a client that might need your help. And, you know, can I connect the dots? So if you stop treating everybody like your client and start treating them like you're a part of your collaboration team, it won't be long before those people start saying, oh yeah, you know what I do. Maybe we do need to talk about <laughs> the service that you provide because I, I need that too. So there's two ways of looking at it. Align with those people that are already talking to your ideal clients and stop looking to everybody being your client, start talking to them like they're part of your collaboration team. Yeah, great stuff. Very strategic. And you mentioned a couple of key points, Erica, that I want to go back to with this. This this has been a great 
a strategy and approach for me and it's paid off. But you touched on it, a couple of things. It takes time to develop these because it goes back to what we started with in this conversation. You have to build no like and trust factor with those partners. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to just call up, uh, let's say for me, it's a CPA who might give me referrals to small business owners because I want to offer them my coaching services. That CPA, she's not going to do that tomorrow after just meeting me, right? Right, Because her reputation is on the line. Mm -hmm. So I have to invest the time genuinely in building my no like trust factor with her so that over time, she knows that I'm worthy of referring to. And it Mm -hmm. takes time for that to develop, right? Correct. And that's the other thing is people want this, these types of relationships to produce it. Well, in networking in general, we talked about this on the first episode back in episode 25, when I had you on that people, I think expect this approach to pay off immediately mm-hmm. and it takes time. Yeah. And it's, and it's frustrating when, you know, people do um, come from that energy and that lack, right. Of saying, Oh, I just, you know, I went to that networking event. I mean, obviously we're not going to in-person networking events now, but I remember when I worked in a, in a chamber association and there would be people all the time that would, I wouldn't say all the time, but there were enough of these, these instances that happened that people would be frustrated that they, their chamber membership didn't work. Yeah, And I'm like, okay, but you also, never showed your face you never (laughs) took the time to to um, have conversations with people and engage in some of the activities and that's part of the deal we're not a lead we're not like just a a a directory I mean we are but (laughs) we're not just that so engage in those conversations take that time to invest in quality conversations because that's in time that will that will be fruitful for you if you're consistent with that yeah. and that I think that it's one little thing I wanted to touch on Henry while you were chatting about that I think that's what I love about content creation and that's what I love about um, you know being on podcasts like like yours and being back a second time is certainly a, a, an honor to be here but it's it's sharing again, some wisdom with people when you can't be in person. So it's an opportunity for them to still experience what you're all about through content creation without physically having to be there. So if you feel like you're time poor right now and you don't have a good content marketing strategy, maybe on some level that could help you out as you're building those relationships to, to enhance what you're already doing, but you still have to focus on those in-person relationships. It's so vital. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's uh, continue with that thought uh, topically now that we don't have many or any opportunities to meet in person. Uh, how else are you doing it and helping your clients bridge that gap, as you say, with between offline and online networking? Yeah. So this is a, a topic that I absolutely love. In fact, I created a whole course around it, um, a whole program around it. Um, and I wish we could go through the entire <laughs> course <laughs> library today on this show, but we'll run out of time. But there's a few hot tips that I do want to share with um, with our audience today. So um, one of the things that you can do, especially um, right now, is if you were already attending conferences or, you, you know, pa- prior to, to the pandemic, you were already attending these, these conferences, whether they were in your local market or regionally or on a national level. Most of those, if they're savvy, most of them have figured out a way to host those events virtually now. And what I've been noticing, Henry, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like some of the in-person, like the big gigantic in-person summits, now because they've gone virtual, 
it's almost like they've created more opportunities for speakers and presenters to be on those platforms. Are you, are right. you sensing yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for our listeners today, think about, okay, if I've already attended XYZ conference on in my niche, or it's just this thing that I w- had on my radar to attend, go see if they're online. And then you might actually be able to, if this is something that you feel inclined to, again, this is one other thing to kind of build no like and trust factor is to present and you can present, there's more opportunities to do that. Another thing that you could do is obviously something like this, right? With the podcast, if you find other podcast hosts that speak or have guests that speak to your niche, there are plenty of people right now. And there's plenty of people that are consuming these types of resources because it is you know, people are in learning mode right now. They're trying to pivot. They're trying to reinvent the wheel because they, they're experiencing job loss and they have a lot of time on their hands because maybe they're furloughed or whatever. So figure out what you can do to get in their earbuds to make an impact in the world. The other little thing that I'll share today, Henry, on this topic is I actually did something that I, I didn't think, I, 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 I didn't realize it was a need until COVID. And one of the things that we did with the podcast back in July was we actually uh, created a little mini series within my love the work you do podcast. And so it was, it was a little, (laughs) it was a little ambitious, (laughs) Um, but we literally created 18 episodes featuring 51 voices. Wow! So I had like a panel discussion for each, uh, each of those episodes and that was a great way to bridge the gap between what my my influence my circle of influence needed. I mean, they needed more opportunities, right? They needed they needed to be front and center. They were missing those networking opportunities. So I said, you know what? What if I just created this mad dash, you know, quick? Uh, we extended it over the course of the whole month of July. So like every Monday through Friday through July, we released an episode, and it was a great way to engage my network with my audience. It was also a great way to engage my existing network with each other because they were sharing the, the, the virtual stage with each other and it helped expand my digital footprint. So it ended up in, uh, presenting another 400% increase in downloads over the month before and led to one of my biggest online mar- launches to date. Um, after doing that show. So it wasn't accidental. It was very strategic, but those are all simple. We don't have to go crazy and do 18 episodes in a month. That's a little ambitious for anybody, (laughs) but think about what can you do to showcase your existing network with your platforms right now? Most of us are familiar with Zoom at this point. So can you find ways to um, do a little mini roundtable series to find out what people are doing in your circle of influence. Like figure out those little things to do and engage with people online right now. They're su- they're super simple and they're actually. I mean that that podcast series it, it was sweat equity you know in time, but it didn't cost me a dime to do it. So. Um, you know, budgeting was not an issue. It was just a matter of finding the time to make it happen. And I didn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting myself. My guests did. So those are just some, some quick examples of how people can bridge that gap between what they're doing offline and online right now. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those are great tips. I also kind of have found that maybe in these online events now, it might be a little easy, especially if you are the type that's always hard for you to kind of approach somebody and introduce yourself. I think the technology, because we can hide behind it a little bit, it makes mm-hmm. it even easier to make those connections, whether it's through a chat in a particular breakout room digitally we're talking about. 
Um, I've, I was giving that some thought the other day that maybe it actually even facilitates connecting with other attendees and you never know where those relationships can go, right? Yeah, well, for instance, I mean, that's a great point that you just brought up. So for instance, when I did the podcast series that led me, you know, in August, we had uh, the another uh, iteration of the Expand Your Brand Online Bootcamp and we did that live. And one of the things that I hadn't done before, but I was doing because again, now because of COVID and people being isolated and not feeling like they had that sense of connection was it wasn't just me talking the whole 90 minutes of me doing those sessions. It was literally me saying, okay, I'm going to teach a little bit of content. I'm going to get you going, but then you're all going to go into breakout rooms via zoom mm -hmm. and you're all going to meet. I mean, it was guided. It wasn't like they just went sure, in there yeah. and had to figure it out, but um, th there were actually, it's funny because I have one friend who is a super butterfly <laughs> that ended up taking the course <laughs> because it was a goal of hers to expand her brand too. Um, from that, she's actually been able to partner with five people from that course mm -hmm. and gone on to do, do really cool things with her brand respectively. So, I mean, it's just cool to see that impact. And if you at listening today and Henry, I mean, you, you do this already, but for our people that are listening today, if you're the conduit, I mean, think about that ripple effect that's going to lead to change and impact. If you just made the decision to say, okay, how can I get cool people together with cool people? Even yeah. if you just focused on that, um, that'll start building your know, like, and trust factor really, really on a, on a, on a super deep level without having to do much work. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to put the work into it, but you're, you're going to let other people kind of leverage the heavy lifting on that because you're bringing cool people together with cool people. <laughs> yeah. And you're leveraging, like we just said, the, the technology that in some respects is more even more flexible than meeting in person oh I mean, for sure yeah because now if you don't if you can't get to the other side of town because of a traffic jam i mean you don't have to figure that out anymore in an in-person right. event or fly yeah. you know <laughs> well and even what you talked about interacting that's a lot harder or breaking out in the breakout room it's a lot harder to actually execute in person mm -hmm. but listen i'm not i'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that meeting in person is not good. It's just that there are things now that we can turn into positives about yes. using the online platform to meet and connect with people. Yes. And, and it, it's definitely strengthening people's ability to communicate virtually. That's for sure, because they, right. now they have to do it. So that's another plus as well. Yeah. All right. You uh, created, I know, a, a download, a special series, actually, uh, for a speaker, a speaker toolkit, I think you call it. So tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I, as I mentioned, one of my, I mentioned the Expand Your Brand Online program. That's one of my core programs right now to help business owners who are struggling to find clients without in-person sales activities. So the struggle is that if they want to connect online, they're not exactly sure how they're going to pitch themselves online to these opportunities to speak virtually or speak on podcasts. So one of the things that I've created, it's called the Create Your Online Speakers Toolkit. And it's a free tool that people can actually go to collect why they're awesome, <laughs> what value they're bringing to the table, get some really to distill down who their ideal audience is so they can feel more confident when they go out there to pitch podcast hosts like myself or like Henry, right? <laughs> right. So if you want to feel more confident in that way and put yourself out there in a meaningful way through speaking opportunities and you want to get your hands on that toolkit, just head on over to ericacaster.com forward slash toolkit. Wonderful. Great, great opportunity there for that free download. All right. I'm always looking for a book or other resource recommendation. Last time you were on the show, you recommended the Prosperous Coach. 
I know you have a, a podcast and maybe also a book to recommend this time. I do. So I've been vibing on outside of Henry's podcast, my friend. I've also been <laughs> vibing on the um, Mind Your Business podcast by James Wedmore. So it is, he touts it as the non-business business podcast. So it's a pretty fascinating show. He talks about all sorts of stuff related to really putting your mind in, in the game of your business. And then the book recommendation I could share with our audience today, I think this dovetail is really cool with what we've been talking about is Wolfpack by Abby Wambach. So if you're familiar with her, the um, soccer sensation, but I actually got to hear her speak at a summit before the world shut down. It was in February of 2020. I got to hear her speak at a summit. She was so fascinating, but Wolfpack, it, it's an opportunity. It's a book that really talks about how to find your, your crew, how to find the people that are going to lift and inspire you, whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships. So super quick read, super awesome book. Great recommendations. And we'll have, we'll have links to all of that, as well as the, the, the speaker's toolkit that uh, Erica mentioned. We'll have all of that on the show notes page at the howabusiness.com if you didn't get a chance to make notes of that. Great stuff, Erica. Another fantastic conversation. I'll wrap it up here. What's What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation, particularly, I think, in light of how do we get started or how do we continue to develop that know, like, and trust factor? What's one thing you want us to take away? I think the easiest way that we can get started is by looking to your existing center of influence. You don't have to go out there and make friends with strangers. <laughs> don't focus on that right now. Use your existing network to re-engage, get into conversations, ask how you can support them, let them know what projects you're working on and start those conversations. And then that'll help um, inspire more connections, more collaborations, because you're in that space of reaching out to your existing network. And, be, and in part, because that's a, a more safe space, we can do it uh, without feeling as awkward and then yeah. get better at doing it. Is that part of it as well? But yeah, a big part of it for sure. But I mean, if you're feeling bold, <laughs> you know, you can certainly reach out to, um, you know, other connections that you may have some familiarity with, but I always suggest if you're shaky about it, especially in this digital age and you haven't been doing it consistently, just get back into talking pe to, to people who already do know, like, and trust you, because again, that will help inspire new opportunities for growth and collaboration in the future. And I'm finding that you're going to find that most of those people are glad to talk to another person who's <laughs> yes. in maybe related or not. You know, it's like they're, they're just as desperate for communication and connection as well. And probably more so than ever. I mean, you know, cause there yes, was a lot yes, of people that were yeah. so, so busy and, and they were like, quote unquote, friends of mine, right? There were people that I, that I felt very friendly with and they were too busy to have a conversation with me, not mm -hmm. because they didn't want to talk to me, but just because, and now that's not the case. Yeah. So um, reach out, connect and uh, take it from there. Good stuff. Tell us again where you want us to go online to learn more. Head on over to ericacastner.com forward slash toolkit to grab the free toolkit I mentioned about getting yourself pitched to more speaking opportunities. Erica, another great conversation. I knew it would be. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to have you back on the show. Thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Thanks, Henry. You are a pleasure to chat with, and I'm so excited to have this opportunity. You rock, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Erica Kastner. 
We release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.